Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the VR1 NFT Podcast. I'm your host. Welcome back home, ladies and gentlemen. There is no perfect storm. As I wrote in my last um, magazine article, which is called Future Tech Plus, um, anything... And everything is awesome. Like the the Lego movie soundtrack uh, main song. And I use that term to describe that anything and everything is content. So I'll give you an example. I have uh, office facilities. And I also have a recording studio. I have one for live rehearsals which I have a live rehearsal later today and I have one for just vocals no instruments and and no um no rehearsals so one is used to record master the other one's used to engineer and produce and um I have an area in my office which is like where I have my boardroom meetings and um, I actually like to sit there and write. Sometimes I eat there. Sometimes I go live from there. And um, that's the biggest part of the facility, right? For example, if I have guests, you know, that's where I will host them. But then I have my own private offices where even the studio can double up as an office because I have a computer there and the internet, etc. So as I'm gearing up for today's show, you know, I always have the emphasis on making it conversation style and just kind of flowing, you know, getting myself into a creative space where we can just talk about things. And, you know, a part of me is like, well, it has to be like this or it has to be like that. And I like to tame that that thought process and say, no, no, no. We're going to go live. We're going to record, and we're going to talk about where we are. So, so far, I reached out to one of the the talents that will be in one of our productions. Give me one second. I'm going to drink some water. I'm not doing coffee for today, but please get your coffee, your chai lattes, your teas, your um, protein shakes. Whatever gets you going through the day, your eggs benedict, your uh, cheese danishes, your your uh, bagels, your muffins, your banana loaf bread. Uh, maybe you're having a continental breakfast. Maybe you're just having yogurts and fruit. But um, whatever gets you going. Okay, this is the time. I'm going to go ahead and drink some water because I need to hydrate. Give me one second. <coughs> <coughs> typical <coughs> that I would do that. I told you guys I need to hydrate. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. <coughs> this what what I I'm kind of thinking that I want to start with today. I called it uh in a sense like content creation but in layers 
And I want to continue to discuss that with you guys because I believe it's going to bring value to all of us. And I believe that it's going to help all of us. Give me one quick second. <clears throat> Water bottle number two. Wow. For my aspiring musicians, I like to um have plenty of cold water when I'm going to record. It it soothes your system so much. Very good. I'm giving you guys all of my company trade secrets. <clears throat> I have some orange crush soda that will bring me back to the motherland when I finish today's show. And um, here we go. So let's get started. While I am <clears throat> spending this quality time with you guys, I'm going to be searching for a few things online. And um, basically, I have this concept and I'm going to tell you guys where it comes from. Um, I started a technology company many years ago. And at one point, one of my businesses was, you know, going through a, a downturn. So I utilized my situation, the negative situation that I was going through and I used it as the catalyst for something positive. So at the time, I was developing franchises for the hair care industry. And I had a lot of people turn into fierce competitors where, you know, these guys didn't even play by the rules. So they would use any tactic to gain market uh perception to be on their on their behalf and um to gain any kind of momentum like they they would just walk over whoever they needed to walk over so i happened to be you know a target once we stopped doing business you know this this group of people formed a coalition to shut me down right so i found it very hard to to be able to build in any other business because they knew insights of what I was trying to do. So they went for the for the for the core, you know, they were trying to destroy my company, not just stop me from working. So in that process, I have been developing a franchise system um which is called Infinity Republic and I'm going to tell you guys all about it. This is where Infinity Republic was born from, which is one of my own franchises now. Um, that I own, you know, the IPO is 100% mine. Infinity Republic is built upon a concept. At this time, even though it was a, a really bad time for me, let's say personally, or even emotionally and psychologically, it was one of the greatest times financially for me. This allowed me to live in the best neighborhood and in the best part of town where I was living. So I was amongst nothing but multi-decamillionaires. And it does something to you. It uh, it inspired me 
at every moment. Like, in a sense, I felt like I was connected to this this life source, like this power force, right? And everything in my life, I could relate back to where I lived and all of the wonderful people that I was around. So, on my commute every day, for example, um, in this beautiful, marvelous place, probably the best place I've ever lived in in my life, or or most dear to my heart, um, everything was so clean and beautiful and peaceful. Religion was extremely important in my neighborhood. Some of the best um churches, synagogues, and just gathering places that you can imagine. And everybody had a sense of of belonging, like this pride of ownership, right? So there were main highways that were also strategic to our neighborhood because it's such an affluent neighborhood. Everybody has a position of importance. Communication and transportation is key. So this city, this mega city, was connected to all intergalactic highways of communication and transportation. Every vehicle that I saw on the road was a high-end luxury vehicle. And it taught me so much about consumer mannerisms and product placements that it, it has become a part of my DNA. So, this concept was based on infinity because there was no limits to what these people could do from a career standpoint, from a communal community standpoint, from an entrepreneur standpoint. Like, you name a style or a type of entrepreneur, and I guarantee you one of my neighbors fits that description. Meaning, it was like, Everybody that lived in my neighborhood agreed that success and hard work is better than anything else. And they wouldn't settle for anything else. That's below their standards, right? So this is where the Infinity Republic concept comes from and where I got the name and the title of everything. First of all, I was driving an Infinity at the time. And of course, a lot of my neighbors um, had Infinities. Now, those were the poor people <laughs> in my neighborhood um let me share with you guys a side story for all my car collectors you guys know I'm a car collector so a lot of the younger affluent um people always felt like they had something to prove so like i had neighbors with like ferraris they hung out together i had neighbors with porsches they hung out together i have neighbors with lamborghinis and Maseratis and Aston Martins and you know everybody kind of gets segregated by what they drive so the younger kids which I call them kids they could be my kids <clears throat> these guys didn't have to work for their wealth right they're they're living off the parents or whatever they're like trust fund babies right and these guys are always trying to outdo themselves paint jobs, wheels, sound systems, exhaust systems, what car is the fastest, what car is the loudest, etc. So this went on for a few months. Remember, I have a car collection 
but there's less than 10 to 12 cars in my collection, right? Which is still a lot. In my neighborhood, it's still a lot. But, you know, four of their cars is double what I paid for my 12 hoopties, right? So I was pretty much the uh, the Hoover from Hoovy's Garage. I was him before he became famous. So long story short, um, like I'll give you another example. One time I was leaving the gate. You know, I'm I'm in the first gate. This property has technically four gates, but they only count three. So I lived in the first gate, which is awesome, but it's nowhere near, you know, being in gate two, gate three, right? So I'm pulling out my Toyota MR2. Those that know the MR2, the <clears throat> SW21 is the non-turbo and um, it's the 2.2 liter base model basically. Now I have mine hooked up really, really nice. I had a bunch of them. They were all nice, right? So just of that model, I have, you know, probably like four or five different ones. And um, that's part of my collection, right? So anything above three is a collection, right? So like I would leave my gate and one of my neighbors had a Ferrari F355 Spider with the F1 transmission. My other neighbor had a 348 Spider. But the 355 is five valves per cylinder, you know, F1 style paddle shifts, you know, the engine revs to 8,000 RPM. So my car is the poor man's version of that car. But my car was so nice and so nicely restored that... As I'm leaving the gate, this guy gets it. Like, I'm just enjoying my life. Like, I got it made. I'm successful. Dreams came true. I'm living it, right? Well, he appreciated it because I was him, let's say, 25 years ago. He himself, at one moment in his life, had a car that only allowed him to dream about that Ferrari. And now, by the grace of God, he has the Ferrari. He never forgot that guy was very humble. Always said hi to him. I always did the Barack Obama wave. Like, I perfected the Barack Obama wave in my neighborhood. But back to our original story. All these young guys, right? They're racing these cars. And throughout our neighborhood, you know, there's plenty of roads where you can cruise in your cars. Which is also an added bonus. Like, I mean, beautiful roads, you know. Only in Japan do they have better roads, right? And it's part of the Japanese economy and culture. So, of course, they you know they invest big money on the roads. And automotive is huge in Japan, right? So, it goes hand in hand. Well, one of the neighbors pulls out, at the time, a $3 million YSAC package edition Porsche 918 Spider when they just came out. Let me just tell you <laughs> that all the other neighbors never again did you hear them revving their engine or doing some nonsense. You know why? Because that old man was tired of these guys competing 
for something that in a sense is a falsehood because he's like, listen, my one car costs more than all of you guys' car put together twice. So you figure the young neighbors in my neighborhood, all of them probably have $1.5 million worth of cars. And this guy, (laughs) this guy had almost a $4 million car, which is unheard of at the time. And that was just a learning experience that, that God and life granted me for free. If I didn't come from where I come from, that moment could have kept my life the same way. But because I come from where I come from and I grew up how I did, I saw the diamond in the rough. I saw the valuable learning lesson. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you another story. There's a car show that, you know, was frequented in my neighborhood once every month or two. One of my neighbors brung a Gulfport edition Ford GT. But the GT40, the original, you know, the sky blue with the orange paint job, like, you know, true to to the time frame, the time period that that car was made. But I'm talking about fully restored. Again, another $2 million car. This guy is driving it on the road. You know what I mean? Um, Jay Leno has a McLaren F1. And at the time that Doug DeMuro, which is another buddy of mine, went to do the video for it in Jay's house, um, you know, he said the car's valued at $25, 35000000 So the insurance will not cover you. So basically, instead of Doug driving it, Jay Leno had to drive and um, bring him on as a passenger which was also an amazing experience. So this concept for me was birthed at one of the best places in my life during one of the toughest moments in my life. Those people around me were the inspiration why I worked so hard and why I began to appreciate things in my life, right? So I used this concept to build that concept and it it became kind of like success became my religion. You know, I am no longer the person that I am. As a matter of fact, that was another inspiration to why my podcast was started. I was heavy into Bitcoins and heavy into mining after being the biggest critic and advocate against um, Bitcoins because I was pro precious metals. I just didn't understand the technology. Once I did, it was game over. It was like, okay, I'm getting good at golf. You know, my golf games are up to to par. I use it as a business tool for both psychology and a physical training and workout. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying the finer things in life, so I'm rubbing shoulders with really successful people. So for my business partners... I would buy cases of Cloudbreak. But when Cloudbreak first came out, before they got the corporate buyout, Cloudbreak was a Moscato that had a very 
honey. I don't want to say peachy, but very like honey. It kind of tasted like a like a flower. Like I can't describe it. It's like it was the perfect Moscato. One of the best I've had in my life. In my life. Okay. And I would buy these cases. And I would bring them to my business partners. On a weekly basis. You know I mean we played golf together. We worked hard throughout the week. And on the weekend. um, You know I would. I would make these gifts, right? And one day, as I'm, you know, enjoying my wine, I am on the website, right? And I'm, you know, studying the Bitcoin phenomenon, but on a different spectrum. Now I'm trying to get into the business of mining Bitcoin. And as I do so, I began to talk about it. So I said, you know, let me play some music. So I start playing some jazz music. When I start playing the jazz music, and after I'm having a few um, glasses of wine, I start to relax. So I start to have an open conversation about business and life and retirement conversation style so now the concept is born i actually record my first episode as i'm having a conversation in a sense with myself so i host the program as if i'm hosting a guest and it's conversation style and starting with bitcoin was just the beginning at this time i didn't know what blockchain technology was i didn't fully uh, dominate that concept and you know I knew a little bit about wine but because I was in the gasoline business and I was into the you know those type of franchises and I did a lot of high volume sales for alcohol so not just wines like I had to learn about every kind of liquor because I used that knowledge to see how I was doing in sales for my gas stations, right? So, focusing on wines became a delicacy. As you guys know, I am an avid follower of Gary Vaynerchuk from VaynerMedia. So, shout out to Gary V. And um, he was the inspiration because, you know, he he blew up basically having a, a show or a combination of shows just talking about wines because naturally, you know, his father was a wholesale um, liquor distributor that had, you know, several stores and that's where he, you know, he used all of his entrepreneurial inputs to create you know his brand so he bet big on like youtube and the internet and emails and you know facebook and fucking myspace and i mean this guy's just a genius ahead of his time so now i have something of an intellectual property i have a podcast now and i get to conduct the orchestra right i get to talk about whatever i want 
just because I started with Bitcoin, I didn't have to be limited because the show took on a whole um, dynamic of its own. So here I am, super successful. You know, I look like a million dollars every day. Let me tell you, my business suits, my most expensive business suit to this day, $5,000 straight from, um, from the UK. Amazing. The, the most expensive and the best business suit I've ever had. Um, I no longer fit that business suit, but that's a whole different conversation. But um, this this aura, this feeling, like I looked forward to the weekends so that I could take a little bit of time to enjoy my cars, enjoy my family, right? And then I had this kind of break in between, right? I would go to the the wine distributor, the, the main liquor store, and I would purchase my wine as well as for my business partners. Um, mind you, I've already probably played two games of golf. And I will go deliver these uh, these wines to my business partners. And then I may have a smoke, you know. And um, people at the wine place, they're like, oh, that's the guy from the, from the podcast. That's the guy from the radio. Like, I became a small town celebrity like you know it was it was it was cool it was a good dynamic and then the light bulb goes off wait a minute i'm doing direct to consumer sales i'm in hand to hand combat as far as marketing because for the businesses that i was invested in it looked amazing to see me walking in with a case of wine and for me to hand each one of my business partners a specific wine for them. I saying thank you. We had a great week. We crushed it. Love you guys. I gotta let you go because I'm doing the family thing. Or maybe I was taking one of my sports cars out. Like there's so many different ways, right? So I'm thinking about wait a minute, this looks great for business. People wanted to be part of the business because they were like, Man, this is like the business partner from heaven. Like if you want a business partner, this is the guy you need, right? Mind you. The competition is doing everything to destroy my, my character, right, uh, on the other side of town. So, time passes, you know, I, I regroup, I regain my confidence, and now I embrace the fact that I'm probably not going to be a part of a business for, for, for a long time. So, what do I do? Well, very simple. I use all of the key ingredients <clears throat> that I use to create Infinity Republic. And now I'm selling the beta version, the test version to all other franchisees that are not franchises of my concept with my business partners. They're not franchisees from my own uh, IPO, right? My own Infinity Republic. They have their own franchises. But they want to scale and they want to expand. Mind you, I built my system studying their failures. So I could easily fit and connect with any one of those businesses because I saw them as being in a different stage of the natural life cycle of the business. So I was able to identify new business, failing business, etc. So now... I was able to infuse the same technology that allowed me to do my podcast, for example, that allowed me to do direct-to-consumer marketing. Um, I was able to capitalize on the way it built an ex 
excellent um, reputation for for the clients, right? Just for me to show love and say thank you with a small gesture, but nonetheless still saying thank you to my business partners. And I began to build networks for these businesses as a part of growing and, and expanding, in other words, scaling their businesses, putting all of my concepts to the test in the process and stress testing all the concepts that I, I had, all the key elements where I was able to perfect the formula and go through that growth with my newfound business partners. Also, implementing technology where I would build them a network that essentially became part of my portfolio, it became part of my main network, thus giving more strength to my brand and my company. So now, I start to build a reputation for turning these businesses around. And they're like, man, this kid is the golden boy. How does he do it? Well, studying psychology was also an added bonus because I understood that at the core of these businesses, you had people that were dealing with things subconsciously that they themselves couldn't understand. So a lot of your business life or your professional creative life is directly correlated to the relationship you have with yourself, the way you communicate with yourself. So you may be dealing with a challenge and you may not realize how it's affecting your business or your investment because you're at the driver's seat. So the passengers closest to you, they can see a a completely different perspective, right? But also... Wherever you go, as you drive, as you leave, as you arrive or whatever, people get to see a whole different perspective. So I had to be in the driver's seat, in the passenger seat, outside crossing the street in order to make a full business assessment and say, okay, the business is failing because you lack education, you lack formal training, you lack empathy or sympathy for the people that work with you. Um, the business is failing because you don't communicate very well. You may be too aggressive, etc. And again, with time, patterns started to arise where I saw similar businesses in different demographics facing similar challenges. Mind you, in the whole industry, the whole industry already faces its own unique um, obstacles and challenges automatically. But a lot of these businesses had mostly done internal damage to themselves. In other words, they were driving themselves out of business. So as I'm building these networks and I'm helping these businesses scale, I'm not only becoming more successful, I have more freedom and my income is increasing. And some ways directly I can see, wow, I'm making, you know, X amount of, of, of a multiple of what I was making before. But I also found the golden road. I had more time to work on everything else that I loved and I cared for. So I had more balance in my life. I also noticed with my family time, my family life, I was able to put my kids in better schools under better circumstances. And that 
was the highest level of accomplishment because I finally shared and understood the point of view of my neighbors. They didn't mind paying the extras. Whereas they could have had 20 cars in their car collection, they had 15. Because the money they saved on those five cars paid for their lifestyle, paid for, you know, the amazing church, paid for the amazing school and the amazing school board for the children, thus giving them the happiness to recharge their battery so they could work even harder and work for an even better goal. So it was the gift that kept on giving. It was the gift of success. As I'm building these networks, I had to also help build the internal networks of my business partners, meaning their mainframe, the way that they perceive things, the way that they process things, and how they manifest it. Playing golf taught me the discipline of environment. When you're on a beautiful golf course, it's very hard to think about problems. And if you do think about problems, it's momentarily. Because there's always an activity to get you back focused on the game. Life is like that. We all need a break. We need a moment to reflect, right? So, in the original franchise, my business partners were in constant drama. Constant competition. Constant conflict. People were mistreating each other with words, with gestures, with um, actions, right? So I figured, you know what? Business 101. If we're going to have a business meeting, it's going to be on a neutral ground. We will never have a business meeting inside the business, number one. Number two, we will never have a business meeting during normal business hours. Because imagine the point of view of somebody walking into the office, ready to do their work. They've overcome all the challenges of life, of life right? Work, school, and the gym, the family, the goldfish, the kids, the grandmother, grandpa, the in-laws, etc., society, social, political pressures. Then they have to overcome their own challenges. Oh, man, alarm clock is ringing. It's 4 o'clock in the morning. I got to get up. I got to iron my clothes. I got to take a shower. Got to brush my teeth. I got to shave. I got to do my hair. I got to, you know, pick the right suit and tie. I have to warm up the car. I have to, you know, uh, prepare my route for the morning. And mind you, a person overcomes all of that. Traffic, the traffic jam, the idiot on the radio saying some dumb shit about some dumb shit, right? Finally makes it to the office. So now they're a sitting duck. They are in, in full work mode. And then you say, we're going to have a meeting. They don't have a choice. They're fucking here for another 8, 10, 12, 14 hours. Sometimes 16 hours. During the building phase of the business, right? And here come the owners or management to call a meeting during business hours that they're getting paid the same rate. Because it's not like they say, well, you know, we're having a meeting for these two hours. So pay will be holiday pay. It will be two and a half times your normal pay. That's an incentive. It's still wrong because it's the context of the actual business 
But that's an incentive, right? So long story short, I decided I wouldn't put people through that because now people have overcome all of the challenges just to make it to the business while facing the challenges of the business to now have to face an added layer bonus of pressure. I said, nah, fuck that. We're going to have a business meeting. It's going to be in neutral ground. It's not going to be during business hours. We're not we're not cutting costs and skimming on expenses on some fucking dumbass bullshit. No, fuck that. You're going to do it the right way. Number two. Number three, if there's any differences or if we have reached a level where we need to continue to explore solutions, we're going to go to the golf course. We're going to be the first ones on the green. Okay. The losing team is going to pay for breakfast and we're going to enjoy ourselves. And that's what we did. We were the first on the greens, picked the best golf carts. We all had our equipment. We all played lightly competition, but at every interval, at every hole, we have an opportunity to talk and kick it and disconnect and vibe. But most importantly, we have a chance to bond. We have a sub-psychological moment to come together. You need me to drive your cart? I got you. Or you need a putter? What do you need? What do you need? You need this? You need that? That workout of having to walk to certain places, set up your equipment, get in the golf cart, those are all moments to bond. As a matter of fact, for my children, um, like for my youngest son, I always take out that time to bond. You know, when it's business hours, it's business. You know, when it's family time, it's family time. So this improved the quality of our lives, thus improving the quality of our business and the way we treated each other. Because after a certain amount of time, there are little carts that drive through the the property and they will bring you like Cuban cigars, wine, beer, Maybe if you wanted a shot of liquor. So now people are opening up and this is becoming a fun event. So now I'm not only inviting my business partners. I'm inviting potential clients, potential business partners from other industries and other fields. And we all agree this is a a gentleman's sport. This is neutral ground. Let me tell you how it's worked for our business and our personal lives where we were Stressed out, we'll go to the driving range by ourselves, right? Well, the same is true for everything else that we did because one discipline affects the other. This provided the perfect ground where if we're business partners, I don't want to have a business meeting in my house. You're at a default. It's my house. I don't want to have a business meeting in your house. I'm at a default. I'm at your house. Nor... Do I want to have the business meeting in the business, which is the entity that is suffering? We need to be in a neutral ground where we could be supportive to each other, where we could bond, allowing the best ideas to win for the greater good of the business, for the greater good of our lives, our personal lives, our families, our personal goals and dreams. Now, fast forward, I just want to... um, inject a little bit of reality that business partnership failed because although there were many people involved um stakeholders in the company there were only three owners myself being one 
And anytime one of my business partners would start a separate investment or project, the other business partners wouldn't support. And this became like a recurring theme until the point where we all had to set, you know, sever ties and go our separate way. So you also have to be careful because that is part of the pitfalls of business. Sometimes, you know, growing exponentially can backfire. You know, a lot of the mentees that we had in the company, in a sense, became rebellious, became their own bosses, and waged a war, a competition war, against the people that gave them the opportunity because they didn't understand the business or what was happening in life. They didn't understand the different phases and stages other people were in their lives. And um, we also failed as a company to nurture that. For example, I can say personally, I diffused every bomb and I did my best to be the bridge of understanding. But because my business partner's business style was not like that, they felt neglected. And rightfully so. Um, It would have been great if we all could have been that supportive structure. But back to this concept. So I start building these networks. And I see the greater good of the data points, right? Now it becomes an extension to my own business. And um, I use technology such as like a, a Kindle Fire, for example. Kindle Fire is... Less than $200, even if you get the biggest, baddest, top-of-the-line model. You can attach a keyboard to it. Um, It goes on the internet. It shoots and films photos and videos. And it has expandable memory. Now, why would a business need that? Well, simple. First of all, to connect to my network, which will always be updated with data points in real time. Second, it helps in communication because we're always connected. But now, all of the social media, all of the digital marketing for each business, each franchise, is all funneled through a system. What makes it different than having a a terminal or a server inside of a business? Well, simple. Some business owners still opt to have those things. That's great to have. But those things will serve multi-purposes. Therefore, they cannot be the best at one thing. When I introduce like a Kindle Fire, I would connect everything to it. So all the social media, all the emailing list, etc. All the promotion and marketing content was created on there. Separate from everything else. So now, there's a tangible metric to control the business on the digital realm. Because I emphasize the importance of the digital world, even though all the business concepts were being applied to the physical world. So now, by an extension, let's say I have 20 businesses with 20 separate networks, right? Each network can be broken down all the way down to each employee or business partner, etc. Or investor, whatever the, the, the case may be, right? And then all of them collectively are a small fragment of my network. And then my job is to maintain those networks. So just by, for example, 
um, getting a client to share their email address, we could already devise a promotional coupon to give them 15% off their next purchase. Now, what that's doing is creating the habit of patronizing our business, but it also allows us to learn the shopping patterns of that client. So when that client walks into our business with their family, friends, loved ones, we can cater a complete experience to them. And when it comes to sales, the payoff is in the mega millions, meaning the, the rate of return. Like, I'll give you an example. I don't believe in fucking vending machines in businesses. I hate them shits. My clients are treated to the best of the fucking best. A client walks into my office, I want to offer them a fucking mimosa. And not a regular mimosa. I'm going to use some of that fucking Moscato and make a mimosa they've, like they've never had before. I'm not going to have a fucking vending machine where I'm dispensing fucking bottled uh, off-the-shelf fucking wine. That shit is ghetto. The rate of return of what it would cost me to serve one of my clients a few glasses of wine and the profit that I'm going to make when I give them a unique experience they've never had before, the amount of mental, emotional, and psychological real estate that I'm going to be able to buy for pennies on the dollar is no comparison to whatever the fuck it costs me to buy a fucking bottle of wine. That client can not only bring 10,000 or 100,000 um, past the door. They may bring $2 million to the table. And the thing is, teaching those people that sought my company out, helping them understand that all of these concepts work together. We must be open-minded to change and grow and adapt. It's as simple as that. The way we did business yesterday doesn't exist today. Yesterday's price is not today's price. Your business belongs to you until the moment where you say, open for business. At that moment, it belongs to your clients. There's more value in offering my client a mimosa than thinking about, well, we're going to have vending machines. I'd rather have a tray where I can offer my clients some baked goods, for example. It's the little things that connect to the psyche of a human being. It could be their family accompanying our client during the holiday season. What can we do to make that experience the best for them? What do you think we, we talk about when our clients are in our offices? We're talking about business. This is not a never-ending infomercial. We're just talking about our products and services. We're just acknowledging whatever the client has going on, which could be multiple careers, could be multiple businesses, could be multiple investments. Maybe they're facing multiple challenges personally, internally, or externally in their lives. And we're there every step of the way to make it better. That's what set me apart. That's why I was able to build so much. I was able to to manage over 300 businesses. Now, that's a lot. Don't get me wrong. That's a lot. But it was in 
in less than a 10-year time span. And I know for the youth, they're like, wow, you did that over 10 years. Yeah, but I made a few million dollars in the process. So what I'm saying to you, young entrepreneur, is to never underestimate, you know, the potential and the power of what you're able to do. Do not take a client, even if they're in your business, to buy, you know, uh, a set of handkerchiefs, you know, napkins or whatever. Don't misunderestimate the value of that client. Because the moment that you do, I will have a business that will value that client. And if that client ever, ever sets foot into my business, they will never return to yours. So understanding that the market is hyper-competitive and you should only be hyper-competitive with yourself, but understanding that is to be able to build and execute upon, you know, making every customer a client. You know, making sure that that they are long-term. And it wasn't like my formula worked in one part of town and not in the other or in one style of business and not in the other. You, you name a business in that industry, hair care, I've been in all of them, you know. And the amount of, of data that I've collected, the amount of uh, understanding that I was able to obtain is priceless. As a matter of fact, I just walked away from a business um, a few days ago. You know, I winded up canceling the, the contract. And right now... There's confusion with this family that has this this business, which is new. The business needs help, right? And I already have said to myself, like, I'll give you the concept for free. And the reason why I'm giving it to you is because I feel that you're so far behind in understanding. Five years from now, this will start to make sense. And even if you don't implement what I'm giving you for free, you're going to understand where your failures are coming from. And I'm using the time machine to tell you, if you don't get your shit together in six months, you're going to be out of business. If you make it to the next five years, every day is going to be a reminder. These are all self-inflicted wounds. And you will be surprised how many businesses go out of business because of that. So, what's the moral of the story here? The moral of the story is that success is a process and not an event. That in any circumstance, you can find the good and the positive. I could have complained that, you know, Spotify doesn't let me play jazz music while I'm doing my podcast. I could complain that I'm not doing something else creatively. But yet, I'm telling myself I have enough room to be creative and artistic. I'm going to express myself freely as I please. And that's all that matters. And I'm going to take this moment and I'm going to record a podcast. Then I'm going to move on to writing the articles for my magazine. Good will come from this process. I know it's not easy. It's not what they glamorize in Hollywood. It's not what they even put in a business book or business course. But this is the reality of how the billions are made. In order for you to make billions, you got to make millions, right? Hundreds and thousands of millions. So the same concept applies here. Every discipline applies to the next. 
and affects and influences the next uh, discipline. And that discipline leads to the next business decision. You don't have to be the same entrepreneur as you were when you started listening to today's episode. You can take all of these attributes and make them your own and apply them in a unique way to secure whatever successes you have um, placed upon yourself. Because I didn't understand that all of those things would influence me. And now when I think back, I can vividly go back to those people, places, and things. In every valuable lesson, there was an opportunity to make a million dollars. Ladies and gentlemen, I leave you guys with that. This has been a very emotional subject because it brings back all of those memories. But I ask myself every day, what can I do to improve? Maybe I can revisit a business lesson that I learned 5, 10 years ago and apply it to a business decision that I'm making today or tomorrow. So tune in for our next episode. This is all the time that we have for today. Once again, we thank you for tuning in to the VR1 NFT podcast, and I'm your host. And every day, I'm here to just have a conversation with you about what I got going on in business in hopes that it helps you in whatever you have going on in business. So always dream big because dreams come true. It happened to me, and I know for a fact it's going to happen to you. May you conquer everything in your path today. And may everything that you touch turn into solid gold. God bless.